0: The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every business needs capital, which means higher profits and lower expenses. Are you aware of the various opportunities available for your business in securing capital? Welcome to Small Business Capital America with Michael Schumacher. Michael and his guests, which include experts, suppliers, and thought leaders, will be discussing these options and solutions to help raise your bottom line. Now, here's your host, Michael Schumacher.
1: Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Small Business Capital America on the Voice America Network. I'm Mike Schumacher, the host, and on our show, we discuss capital issues for the businesses of Main Street. When I say the business of Main Street, I'm referring to the small and mid-sized businesses in the United States, those businesses with monthly revenues of $10,000 to $10 million. Specifically, on our show, we explore the question, Capital. Rent it or print it. When I say rent it, I'm referring to borrowing or debt capital. And when I say print it, like a printing press printing that money, I'm referring to profits, increasing sales, reducing expenses, or a combination thereof. As entrepreneurs, most of us find that a blend of renting and printing capital works best. When I say a blend, I mean we want to go ahead and improve our profitability by growing our revenue, reducing our expenses, but at the same time, because our businesses are typically growing as entrepreneurs, we need to introduce external capital or borrowed capital, rented if you would, to make those dreams come true. What we find is that our capital needs and our capital plan and our capital strategy is not stagnant. In other words, sometimes our growth will outpace our profitability and we'll need more rented capital. Sometimes our profitability or internal capital, printed capital, if you would, is running at such a pace that we can reduce our rented capital. This changes and evolves as our business evolves. This week's show includes a couple of things we're going to talk about. First of all, we're going to continue the discussion on the capital market. What's happening out there in funding, the data behind what's happening in funding, the demand, the supply for small and mid-sized businesses. Next, we're going to have an interview with Les Agassum of Trevor Cole Commercial Capital. He's going to discuss structured debt and the role that plays for entrepreneurs, especially for their capital. Secondly, we're going to have an interview with Alex Gamici, who's the managing director and chief revenue officer of World Business Lending. They have a really unique product that they bring for small businesses. It's a secured revenue advance based on future revenues, if you would. So a combination of, you know, we had three things we talked about last week that influence or determine funding. One of them is credit One of them is security or collateral, and then the third thing is cash flow. So World Business Lender's very unique product combines cash flow, your future revenues or anticipated future revenues, with the security of an asset. It's a really neat product. Uh, I want to learn a lot about that. I want you to learn a lot about it. Finally, wrapping up this week's show, we're going to talk about the BizDoc Academy that's rolling out in June. It happens in conjunction with our radio show and many of our other efforts, all about providing information and education around the subject of capital to entrepreneurs. We're going to discuss some additional resources, such as some videos that are coming out equally, working with the Academy, working with the radio show, these videos. If you're like me, I'm a visual learner, so anytime I can see while I'm hearing, it helps me learn better. We're going to talk about some key terms. I think that uh, sometimes the capital industry is very much like any industry. There's a nomenclature that happens, and there's sort of a secret club around, oh, this term means that. And you can get thrown off a little bit by it. So we want to make sure we're exposing you to the key terms. Uh, We're going to take a view into next week's show, and we're going to talk about some of the guests coming out then. First, let's go ahead and go with uh, what's happening in capital markets as far as supply and demand. Last week, I mentioned a study out of Pepperdine University. It's a survey that explored supply and demand for capital and small business. I had a couple of people interview me and asking a few more questions and asking for a little more clarification around the capital gap that I was discussing or the demand gap, if you would. What I'm trying to say here is that in 2012, there was a gap. In other words, the demand in small businesses, either one's under 5 million, outpaced the supply or availability by about a third. It got better. In 2015, in the fourth quarter, we were only outpacing demand only outpacing supply for those small businesses, revenue under $5 million by about 11%. So it's really improved, but there's still a gap. That means that very clearly there's a greater demand in those small businesses under $5 million than there is a supply or availability. It's a little bit better situation for those businesses in the $5 million to $100 million range. For them, the gap in 2012 demand outpaced supply by 2.4%. A really interesting thing happened last quarter of last year, yo, for those businesses with revenues of $5 million to $100 million in revenues. By 2015, fourth quarter, the supply or the availability had outpaced the demand pretty significantly, almost by a third. So you can see the gap for the sort of mid-sized businesses, those five million to hundred million, got better, while the gap for those under five million dollars got worse. That's real important. We all want to understand our position in the marketplace. Keep. I want to keep pushing on, and I want to make sure that we we explore this data as much as possible. The two largest reasons or purposes, uses of funds, if you would, for capital for small businesses, it was the same two for. Businesses under 5 million, as it was for those businesses with 5 million to 100 million dollars worth of revenue. And that is money for growth, expansion, and acquisitions. That was the number one reason why people were looking for working capital or for capital. The second one was working capital to cover fluctuations in cash flow. The highest demand. In other words, not only was it a need, but it was really critical was a sense that somehow their financial condition was worsening, and that added an extra need or an extra urgency, if you would, to that demand for capital. Real important to understand how much financing are people seeking. It doesn't matter whether you're a $5 million or less business or a $5 to to $100 million business the number one volume of capital or dollar amount of financing that you're looking for is between $100,000 and $500,000. The needs are the same, no matter what size your business is. Real critical and understand. Think about where you're at in your business cycle, and now you know where the largest demand is for the other small and mid-sized businesses. Number one reason why people are looking for demand for capital or have demand for capital, but at the same time feel restricted, are they feel restricted in their ability to grow their business and they feel restricted in their ability to hire new employees. That's pretty critical because that new business, that hiring of new employees drives our economy. So this moves beyond individual businesses and it really moves into an economic need. I want to touch on sources of capital also. Because as much as we want to understand the demand for capital, we need to understand the supply for capital. So the number one source or supply of capital in the United States for small businesses remains small community banks and large banks. While they're the number one sources of capital, at the same time, They're not together, the two combined, the primary source of capital. So large banks and community banks make up about 28% of the sources of capital for businesses under $5 million. Think about that. 28% of the capital comes from banks for small businesses under $5 million. On the other hand, for businesses $5 million to $100 million dollars, Approximately 53% of the capital comes from community banks and large banks. So that's important. You want to know what everybody else is doing. So banks are still a critical piece, but they're not the primary piece. The primary source of credit last quarter of last year, when people are asked why was that your primary source of capital, it's kind of interesting to me because – Small businesses will tell you that was their source of capital because that's the only thing they could find. Where businesses five million to 100 million dollars, I'll tell you it was about rate. So think about what that means. Businesses five million to 100 million dollars are thinking about rate. Businesses under five million are just thinking about, "I need to get funded." That's their primary interest. The most difficult challenge that businesses were facing as a result of these capital constraints were number one for small businesses uneven cash flow in other words choppy cash flow your revenue, your intake of cash does not match your expenditures of cash however for larger companies it was complying with the regulatory environment specifically the Affordable Care Act the second for both of them second biggest reason or need for capital was around difficulty hiring and training quality staff. So that's why people are looking for capital, and that's the challenges that they're facing. People wanted to know, what did you do with that capital last quarter when you finally were able to get it? What did respondents do in this survey in the last quarter to improve their ability to obtain capital? How did they think the approach was to improve their ability to get capital. Well, 20% of small businesses under $5 million paid down debt, consolidated debt to get ready, and 18% of large companies. Here's the most interesting number. These are people who are out there looking for capital. What did they do to improve their situation? 53% of those businesses, small businesses under $5 million in revenue, who were looking for capital took no action to improve their situation and it's equally as bad or challenging for those five million to 100 million 59 percent of that group took no action to improve their situation for capital so these are some of the supply and demand situations that we're facing today i'm going to continue to hammer home on this because i think it's important that we understand the market as much as we understand our own individual situation we're going to be coming back in a few minutes with our second segment. And as I mentioned, in the second segment, we're going to be speaking with Les Agassum from Trevor Cole Commercial Capital. Uh, Les has got a wealth of experience. And we're going to talk to him about his interpretation of what's going on. Look forward to seeing you on the other side. And uh, let's have a great show. Thank you. <laughs>
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at bizdoc Now, back to Small Business Capital America.
1: Welcome back to our second segment. As discussed uh, earlier, we have Les Agassim from Trevor Cole joining us uh, in this segment, and he's got a wealth of experience in the capital markets and supplying capital to small and mid-sized businesses. With that, uh, I'm going to introduce Les. Les, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe some of your background and experience in the industry?
3: No no problem at all.
1: Uh, first,
3: Mike, a pleasure to be on the show. Looking forward to answering anything you have to throw at me. And uh, just to give you a little bit about my background, uh, I uh, have 34-plus uh, years in the financial service industry. Uh, I started out as an accountant with Toos Ross, the public accounting firm, and have kind of grown from there. And I might add that was just a great background, though, to get a sense of what business is all about. Uh, I'm currently the CEO of a securities firm for over 34 years, as well well as a structured finance company for over 26 years. I'm married for 42 years. I have one beautiful son, and I'm very involved with my community, which, uh, because I am blessed, I always look to give something back, which is something we should all strive to do. Oh, Awesome. Thank you.
1: A um, little bit about uh, Trevor Cole. Maybe you can uh, kind of give us a little bit of background on the company and what your focus is in the marketplace.
3: Sure. Uh, our firm is Trevor Cole Commercial Corp. Uh, we're currently the number one closer of loans on the largest commercial internet website. That site has seven hundred and fifty other companies, and we're number one. We wow. are a structured finance company bringing debt and equity from private investors. Uh, we receive over two hundred requests weekly, and um, uh, we've been doing this a very, very
1: long time. Wow, it does sound like you have a, a variety of solutions in your uh, in your toolbox there, Les. Mm-hmm. We do, we do. Yeah, maybe you can describe some of those solutions and products that you might bring to the market and uh, who they might benefit and why it might benefit them. Okay, so our products benefit
3: small business owners and commercial real estate owners um, I would say to you to make it very simple for maybe your listeners to understand, uh, we break it down into four different categories. So one is what I call very quick money. We can get businesses money in as quick as three business days, um, basically advancing them about 7% of their annual revenues. Uh, And by the way, there is no collateral for these quick loans. Uh, number two, we have uh, a second program where we basically give businesses uh, about a week-and-a-half to two-week closings. We take a, if they have real estate, we'll do a second or third in case they have a, a bank that might have the first mortgage position. Uh, we give, uh, based on that program, about 22% of the company's revenues, and again, that's done in under two weeks. Uh, we then do uh, asset-based loans where if a business, so let's say, has receivables, inventory, equipment, Uh, any balance sheet assets like that, um, we will basically, uh, you know, give uh, those companies advances against, again, the receivables, inventory, and equipment, and that usually takes about a month or so. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the third thing we do. And then lastly, uh, let's say the business either owns their corporate headquarters or has friends who own real estate, we can potentially get that business money against that real estate by doing a commercial mortgage loan. That generally is in the first mortgage position. Rates uh, range anywhere from as low as three and three quarters for the best possible credit uh, to uh, in the the teens uh, if, uh, let's say, the money is needed quicker or for various other reasons.
1: So it sounds like there is an inverse relationship uh, between speed at which someone needs to move to get their capital and the cost of that capital. Is that fair to say?
3: Yes, there is. Uh, it's, um, but a lot of factors are in play. Speed certainly is one of them. Um, I would say to you that um, credit certainly is a very, very important part of uh, borrowing. Experience, um, liquidity, um, what kind of net worth the borrowers have. These all really uh, come into play to uh, determine what we can do and what we can't do. Having said that, though, uh, we do the full gamut, and therefore, if a borrower has bad credit, we can help them, and conversely, if the borrower has the best credit, uh, we can help him as well.
1: Yeah, we've talked a little bit on the show about the fragmented nature of the capital solutions out there and the providers, the lenders, if you would, for small business capital. It's very fragmented. So someone with your knowledge, I think, is a, a real good value proposition for someone coming in with a need. What really makes your company unique or how do you try and differentiate yourself given the number of potential lenders and solutions that are out there, how fragmented it is? How, how do you establish yourself in a unique way as a value proposition? Yeah, most lenders
3: are very narrow and deep. They do one specific thing, and they don't deviate from it. We're in the structured finance business. So what that means in human language is we're taking what the client does, and we're all different. We're then going to analyze what his needs are, and then using primarily private capital, we're going to basically uh, solve his uh, business solution for him. So we more or less move with the facts as they come, uh, uh, come out. For example, let's say that for whatever the reason a uh, client has um, good credit or at least says going into the transaction he has a 700 FICO score, which is good credit, and later we pull his credit and it comes in at 550, which is poor credit. Most lenders would turn to him and say, well, you're finished, that's it, we can't help you we stick with the client, we're basically going to move with the transaction to try to help him to get his funding, no matter whether he's good credit, medium credit, or poor credit uh let's say he comes in and says that uh let's say it's a real estate loan and he says his value of his real estate is a million dollars and he's looking for $600,000 and the value of the real estate comes in at 500,000. Uh again, uh, well, that would be a bad example. Let's say his real estate comes in at 850,000. Most people would just throw in the towel and say we couldn't help you. Again, we're going to stick with them etc. So his transaction might change a little bit in the sense that he might have a lower loan-to-value, he might have a little bit of a higher interest rate, but at the end of the day, we're gonna move with the transaction where most lenders are gonna be very narrow, very deep, very specific, and the moment anything changes, they're gonna just throw in the towel.
1: Wow, it sounds like, you know, when you're talking, it reminds me of a, a book that's out there and been out there for, a, for quite a while right now. Uh, Jim Collins had a book called Good to Great, not that long ago. And one of the premises of good to great, uh, many premises in there, is this concept of fierce will and humility. So it sounds really to me like that's kind of what you and your company practice in your dealings with uh, lend or borrowers. Excuse me, people that are coming to you looking for capital. Is uh, you, you've got the humility to to understand that you don't have to have a cookie cutter solution, and you've got the humility to understand situations are challenging. But you've also got that fierce will that that you fight right on through and you push for. I'm going to get to a solution for this client. Is that fair?
3: No two ways about it. Uh, you know, first of all, we realize that businesses are people, just like you and me. So yeah. at the end of the day, we realize they have their you know their needs. So we're fighting for them. Uh, as well as ourselves, so to speak. So the realities are, you know, I always kid around uh, with our clients. I say we're like Larry Zonka, the old football player from the Miami Dolphins, and uh, he was about 250 pounds, and you know, kind of a bull of a runner. <laughs> and the entire other team would be on top of him around the two-yard line, and he'd just be carrying the other team in the end zone. And that's exactly the philosophy we have that we're going to do it the same exact way. And unlike going to the local bank, where there's one set of uh, matrix let's call it one set of specific uh... lending uh... rules and regulations uh... because we're doing this with private capital we probably have a hundred and we're going to wiggle as it takes to get the transaction done. And I'll uh, give you just one one quickie, uh, Mike, real real real, real sure. quick. please. we had a, um, we had a, a business looking for capital. Um, they came to us. We were ready to close the loan. We pulled a title on the uh, collateral that they were giving. They were giving some real estate collateral, and it turns out that uh, there was a tax lien on the collateral, and we couldn't close. So we turned to them and we said, "Well, what else do you have?" He said, "Well, I have jewelry." We said, bring it in. He came in the next day, brought his jewelry in, and we closed the loan. So he expanded his business, uh, you know, by a very unique method, by, again, putting other collateral up, and, uh, you know, based on that, we did it.
1: Well, there's that fierce will popping on through there. Terrific. As you look at, you know, you, you talk to a lot of small and mid-sized business owners every week. I know you do. And what are some of the biggest challenges for those small businesses seeking working capital out there today?
3: Yeah, well, we get in about 200 loan requests a week. So we are really overwhelmed with transactions. We are very, very busy. But again, the key to transactions are having people that qualify. And uh, basically, I would say up until about five years ago, maybe even three years ago, it was very difficult for small businesses to get capital. Uh, in light of what it did, the meltdown of two thousand and eight, a lot of the banks just pulled way back, and certainly uh, for small businesses, they just weren't in the market to do anything. Uh, in the last couple of years, a new industry though has kind of cropped up, which is uh, you know basically out there giving capital to small businesses. That's the good news. The bad news is it is it is ridiculously expensive. And uh, you know, like all of us, you gotta be very careful when you borrow. So when the rates of some of these, uh, this new industry and some of these new companies uh, basically get your capital and it maybe even abundant, you don't realize that later you're going to pay a very heavy price uh, when it comes to paying them back. Um, and I mentioned to a friend of mine earlier today that um, basically it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we all graduated college years ago and credit cards were in abundance. And we all took too many credit cards and all of a sudden found ourselves, uh, you know, a first job and not being able to manage it. Uh, That's exactly what's going to happen to some of the small business owners today.
1: Yeah, I think... uh you hit the nose, uh, hit the nail on the head right there. Um, we've just got a couple minutes le- left, Les. Uh, can you just share some thoughts on, on how you think small business owners could better prepare themselves for capital? And I'll just share this real quick, and we only have about a minute left. Uh, I just uh, read some information where 50-some percent of people who are looking for capital and have had trouble getting capital are doing absolutely nothing to improve their chances of getting that capital. So what would you suggest?
3: So a couple things. Number one, full disclosure. Up front, let us know what the issues are. We're going to work around those issues to try to get them done. What the worst thing in the world is to not be forthright and forthcoming, and later in the transactions, things like I just mentioned happen, where there becomes a title issue. We can't close the loan. Some of the loan process becomes somewhat expensive because there are Third party costs like appraisals, environmentals, um, you know, if we do an asset-based loan and you know, an audit of, potential audit of, uh, clients' books, uh, and you don't want to put out one nickel if you're not going to obviously get the money, but unfortunately if you're not forthcoming about what the issues are, it's going to come out 99.9% of the time. Uh, the other thing is organization and putting your, your loan documents together. Uh, you've got to understand, you know how money works. Uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs out there are great entrepreneurs, but it's a whole different industry, uh, you know. Basically, being in the money business, and again, sure. uh, just like th- them, uh, we all are. You know, we like to believe we're somewhat good at what we do, and we understand exactly what it takes to get the loan done. And therefore, the, you know, organization is very, very important as well.
1: Well, great, Les. That's that's great information. I think uh, it's important for an entrepreneur who, as you mentioned, is great at being an entrepreneur, but not necessarily very experienced, nor very knowledgeable about borrowing money or finding capital for their business. So it's great to get those kind of insights. I, I have so many more questions for you, Les, but we are running out of time. i got about 30 seconds left. Let me ask you this. Can I invite you back to the show sometime?
3: Sure, I'd lo- love to come back, uh, Mike, whatever I can do to help and help you and your clients you know maybe have some of the clients even write to you with questions or the like and uh, certainly uh, you know we're here to help them and you know guide them and uh, which I know you are as well.
1: Great. well thanks so much Les. I appreciate your time today. very helpful information and we'll talk again soon. Uh, for all of you uh, listening, we'll be back after this commercial break for our next segment.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit BizDocCapital.com. Again, BizDocCapital.com. Savvy business owners, learn how auspicious timing can have a positive influence on business decisions and strategies. You can achieve your goals while creating a competitive edge in your given field. Tune in to Illuminating Feng Shui with host Kathleen Zamansky, where classical feng shui and Chinese metaphysics work together to help you discover your strengths and use them at the right times. Tune in
2: every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at D O C capitalcom Now, back to Small Business Capital America.
1: Welcome back as we continue our discussion on capital. Rent it or print it? So, under this segment here, we have a, a great guest. Uh, he's managing director Alex Gamici of World Business Lenders. Their group has a very unique product. I like it a lot, and I want you all to learn something about it. And their product, their primary product, they have many products, but their primary product blends the concept of security or collateral with the concept of a future revenue advance. And with that, Uh, I'm going to let Alex do a lot of talk because he knows his product better than anybody. Uh, Alex, as we get started here, you have such a fantastic background. Would you just take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about your background in the industry?
4: Sure. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, I've been an investment banker and uh, lender uh, most of my career, about thirty some years. Most recently, uh, I was with Deutsche Bank uh, for a number of years and. uh, several executives from Deutsche Bank, who left the bank in 2011 and founded a company called World Business
1: Lenders and that is a company I'm with now and, and, and we're talking about our products today. Great. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some of that product. Specifically, sure. what do you consider your lead product and then maybe you can describe your products in general.
4: Sure. Uh, our lead product, our core product is a, what we call an asset-backed business loan. And it's a loan for small businesses. It goes from $50,000 to $2 million, from six months to 36 months. And it's secured by equity in real estate.
1: Okay. So you're taking a look at, uh, you know, you're obviously underwriting based on their revenue and profitability, but you're also looking at the security. That's a neat combination.
4: Absolutely. What happens, Michael, and especially since the mortgage crisis, is that being able to borrow against equity built on real estate, especially for small business owners, has been very, very difficult. You know, previous to the crisis, the small business owners, self-employed borrowers, were able to borrow using stated income loan products on their home or business real estate and able to finance on a short-term basis the working capital needs of their businesses. But since the crisis home equity lines of credit have all but disappeared and there's no such thing as a state income loan for small business owners, which has locked this equity that that small business owners have built in their real estate and did not allow them to utilize that equity to be able to fund the working capital needs of their businesses. So this is the area that, this is the niche that we serve and it has been highly, uh, highly helpful to a lot of our clients And most business owners enjoy the ability to be able to take advantage of that equity to grow their businesses.
1: Yeah, we were talking in an earlier segment uh, that Pepperdine has a a study out. uh, And uh, one of the takeaways from that that we were talking about on the show was that small business owners are getting less than 30%, depending on their size, less than 30% of their capital from banks. I mean, they're just really locked out, so it's great to see that there's alternative products out there. Who would be your uh, target customer, uh, client? I guess it's somebody who has real estate and they have equity. Are you looking for just, you know, they have to have free title or were you going to second position? How do you look at that?
4: No, we just look for equity. Uh, We have... uh, uh, we have gone on first position, second position, third position, or even fourth position um, on real estate. Our primary goal, the first thing we look at is the affordability on the loan, on the business. The business has to be able to afford loan payments without much strain on the business. That's our critical component, uh, which we call the ability to pay component. The second item we look at is the use of funds. We wanna make sure that the funds are going to be used in a manner where the funds will actually increase revenue and profits for the business. We're not looking for a structure where the funds are used as an emergency, last minute, you know, make payroll or or pay some large bill type of use. What we want is the funds to actually be utilized to increase the revenue and profits of the company. And the third thing we look at is the actual valuation of the property and the debt on the property to make sure there's sufficient equity as the, as the collateral for the
1: loan. Okay, so you're definitely starting out with that whole ability or capacity to service the debt. You want to make sure that in servicing the debt, they're also using the funds for something that increases their ability to, to further service the debt. And finally, you just want to make sure that there's a secure position. I think it's a great product. How, how do you make yourself unique? Because there's a lot of people out there. Uh, it's a very fragmented industry. Uh, I think you got a neat product. What really... What's the core of your uniqueness at uh, WBL? Well, a couple of things. First of all,
4: uh, from a business lending standpoint, uh, other than SBA, which places a blanket lien on all real estate owned by the business and the business owner, uh, we are the only ones that utilize a a real true collateralized real estate test on business loans. Secondarily, unlike SBA and, and large lenders, we do not uh, put a lot of emphasis and attention as to the individual credit score for the business owner. To us, that secondary or, or th- third area, what we look for is primarily the business, the prospects of the business, and the, the revenue that it's generated. I mean, like one of the things we look at is the income, additional income that are the funds that we provide for the business has to substantially exceed the cost of the capital to the business. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. very, very critical tests that we do because what we want to make sure is that this works really well for our client to borrow first and foremost before it makes sense for us.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. We talk a lot about uh, the borrow or not to borrow solution, I like to call it. And I think there's a two-step process that people have to go through when they're making that decision and you fit nicely into it. Uh, You speak well to it. The first step is to go ahead and what are you going to use the funds for and what is the financial benefit of that going to be? Once you've determined that benefit, then the next step is what's the lowest cost solution available to me given my situation? Once you determine that, If you arrive at this lowest cost solution and the benefits are greater than that cost, then it's an easy decision you can move forward comfortably. And I think you position your product, this is just my interpretation, in a lower cost than perhaps other revenue advances or situations like that. So you really bring to the table... um, and, and uh, thanks for the sell speech here. I guess I'm I'm doing for you, but I, I really see something unique here in that you have a capacity to have a improved cost of capital and also an improved availability of capital versus your competitors who are either just coming in and looking at the asset or just looking at the revenue. Is that fair?
4: Exactly. Very much. You you talked about an example. Um, you know, one of the. Most common cases uh, that we see is one where a business has a contract. They've earned a contract, won a contract, and they have a contract which is gonna generate them revenue. In this example, let's say, if they complete the contract, they'll have revenue of $300,000. However, they need $100,000 to be able to complete the contract, which they don't have. So in a situation like that, if the $100,000, the cost of capital, over the term of the loan is, you know, worth $25,000, $30,000 to the business, that seems like very good math to be able to get to the $300,000 in income from that contract that this $100,000 is going to enable them to complete.
1: Right. Benefit, outweigh cost, we move forward. That makes like a lot of sense to me. I, I deal with, just like yourselves, I talk to small business owners every day, I know your team does, mm-hmm. and we really find that they're struggling out there they're struggling with how the process works they're struggling with how do they prepare themselves for capital mm-hmm. um i was talking on an earlier segment uh, you know of the people out there looking for capital that recent survey said that uh, uh more than 50% of them know they're looking for capital know they're challenged in getting that capital but do nothing to prepare themselves mm-hmm. Based on your experience, your team's experience, how would you suggest that a small business owner approach you and prepare themselves for that capital or funding experience?
4: Absolutely. Um, The the most important uh, component to us is their understanding of the financial numbers and metrics as to their business. They need to truly understand their revenues, their expenses, uh, not on a, you know, here's how much how much I spent last month, but this is generally what my fixed costs are, my variable costs are. When we ask them how they are going to make money, how they're going to benefit from the working capital we're providing to them, they need to have very good answers as to how those numbers will work. And in the example I talked about, they need to understand this contract that would get them $300,000 in revenue, to be able to show that the $100,000 that they're borrowing from us is enough to complete the contract, they need to have the documentation, anything like that. So, you know, you talked on one of your programs something about uh, everybody preparing a capital plan as opposed, to, uh, in addition to a business plan. Sure. And part of that capital plan, anybody that has listened to you and listened to your, uh, your sage advice as to that would be well prepared for a loan with us.
1: Thank you. I think uh, that's spot on. And it's so important that they take affirmative actions to ready themselves. Something you just said, it it really brought to light for me that your underwriting, it sounds like to me, is much more beyond just, you know, obviously you have due diligence that includes documentation. In other words, you're going to look at appraisals. You're going to look at financial statements. You're going to look at valuations. But you're also taking into account, if I'm understanding it correctly, your interview and the knowledge that the client has, the customer has about their business goes a long ways. Is that fair?
4: That's absolutely fair. As a matter of fact, we generally, somewhere in the ninety percent of the cases, do not require financial statements as a large bank for a multi-million dollar business would. We we look at the bank statements of the of the applicant, the business. And discuss them with them. And, and we are looking for understanding of their expenses and revenue in a very high level, as opposed to, you know, somebody can provide us 200 page financial statements prepared by the accountant that they don't understand, versus somebody can provide us six months of business bank statements uh, with expense and numbers they truly understand. And we, we like the latter than the former.
1: Okay, that makes great sense. Alex, I really appreciate you you joining us today. We're we're running down to the last minute here of this segment. I do want to invite you back if you're available at some time. And we'll be back in a few minutes with our next segment, at which point we will be discussing, uh, talking a little bit about our BizDoc Academy, some additional resources, some key terms when we get back, and a view into next week's show. I'll see you on the other side of this segment. Thank you.
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs and business expense savings programs. For more information visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com.
2: The Leadership Hour explores what it takes to become a leader who inspires. Inspirational leaders drive higher creativity, lower turnover, and better quality work. Yet few understand their impact on others. We are blind to what we do and don't do well. Training can help, but only if we know our blind spots. To hear strategies for becoming an inspirational leader, join Christine Cowan-Gascoigne on the Leadership Hour, where leadership and inspiration intersect, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: tuned in to small business capital america with host michael schumacher if you have a question or comment about the program please send an email to m schumacher at biz.capital.com that's m schumacher at bizdoc now back to small business capital america
1: welcome back to our final segment of this week's episode of small business capital america I want to talk a little bit about BizDoc Academy. As part of our informing and educational process associated with this show, we have been diligently working to build out the BizDoc Academy and are going to be rolling that out in June. If you can imagine the Khan Academy, we're all familiar with that, uh, for businesses and for entrepreneurs. So we have a virtual school. We've set up a virtual classroom or multiple classrooms within a school we have set up. And we're starting out with four courses in June for the BizDoc Academy. The first course is called Small Business Capital, rented or printed. Probably very close to the show, as you might imagine. We're all tend to be, I think, visual learners to some degree. So we have that uh, listening acuity, but we also have the visual acuity that goes with that to help us learn. So this, uh, the virtual classroom, will have uh, components of sight. It'll have components of sound, printed materials, books, uh, lectures, uh, video. It has, uh, you know, some tests, not that we're grading them, but help you to understand that, hey, I'm, I'm gathering this information, I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm understanding it. And so the first, uh, these courses are free, by the way, most of them are free. So the Small Business Capital, rent it or print it. It's a, a multi-week class. I think it's going to end up being a course of about 13 weeks and uh, that's free Uh, available online. Uh, We'll be rolling that out like I said in June. The next one we have is uh, we call it our do-it-yourself renewal or do-it-yourself turnaround and within that course we provide you with the tools, the resources, the information, the encouragement, and the training uh, the same kind of training and experience and background, hopefully, that, uh, that I've had over the years of my turnaround work. And we help you to be able to do a turnaround or renewal within your own company and to be able to lead that effort by yourself. Again, it's got lectures. It's got materials. It's got testing. We have surveys. We have all different kinds of tools and resources that are coming to you free in your do-it-yourself renewal for your business. So that's about printing capital lowering your expenses, raising your revenue. Two other courses that we have coming out or or groups, if you would, within the uh, virtual school or BizDoc Academy, uh, these have a little nominal cost to them. I'll I'll get more to that as a future date. But one of them is called peer groups. And if you can imagine having your own board of directors uh, of fellow entrepreneurs on board and, and being your advisors and providing you a safe space Or you can get together in teams or groups of 10 or 12 and become each other's board of directors. You counsel each other, you challenge each other, you solve problems together. And we're going to do this in a virtual environment. What that does is it allows for both asynchronous and synchronous exchanges and learning. Asynchronous being, you know, I can throw out a question at 3 o'clock in the morning and have somebody else answer it at 8 o'clock at night. And, And we don't have to all be online at the same time. However, there are times when we're all sharing together within the peer group. By doing this online and having the synchronous and asynchronous portions of that, it allows us to drive down the cost. There's a number of different coaching and peer groups that are out there, and there's some really wonderful ones, but they can be uh, uh, costly. It's a a bit of a cost burden sometimes. And if you're not 100% comfortable with that, then this is an alternative that allows you to get some of the same kind of benefits and the same kind of value doing that in an environment that's less expensive but also equally as valuable and comfortable, sort of your way, the way you want it. Finally, uh, also for a nominal course, we're going to have a course out there called do-it-yourself funding. So um, if you want to participate in some of the activities that a funding consultant or a capital consultant like my team or others might want to do, and you want to participate in some of the efforts, but you still want somebody to coach you and guide you, uh, we're going to have a program online virtually that will allow you to do that. Does a couple of things. puts you in control and comfort of what's going on. but at the same time, it also is a better value proposition. It's a little less expensive to go about raising your capital that way. So do-it-yourself funding will be coming out as another part of the BizDoc Academy. We have uh, a number of videos out on our website, BizDoc Capital Group. Uh, or biz.capital.com. Uh, currently we have eight videos out there right now. I know 13 active today. I was just informed across the room. And uh, in the next two weeks we have several more rolling out. So we're going to have a, and these are all anywhere from one minute to five minute uh, videos, YouTube type videos, just kind of giving you that uh, um, video with a virtual, uh, not a virtual, but excuse me, a site and, and we all learn by, uh, by different means. So uh, we're going to talk about funding options. That's one video that's coming out. Peer groups, a little bit better explanation of what I just described in peer groups, will be another video that we're rolling with. Uh, our business savings programs, we're going to do an overview in a video. Uh, the BizDoc Academy, there'll be an overview in a video. Renewal consultants, what's that all about? Turnarounds, renewals, uh, there'll be a, a video out there. Board participation, a video. Credit repair is a video. God knows that as entrepreneurs, we all are challenged with, we put our heart, soul, and our credit into our businesses, and it can ding it sometimes, so we'll walk through credit repair options. We're going to talk about CLTV, customer lifetime value in a video, the concept of sport fishing, um, something I learned a long time ago from uh, an old boss, and I, I just uh, it stuck with me, and it's been helpful to me over the years. We're going to talk about innovation, that idea of building upon the ideas of others, We're going to speak, uh, there's a video coming out on mix, customer mix, product mix, and how all of that can improve your margins. We're going to talk about how to survive the loan process. It can be daunting at times. And so we're going to talk about that fierce will and humility you need to go through that. And then uh, how to value your business. Uh, uh, It's such a personal experience what we do in our businesses that sometimes we have to find a way to step back and sort of quantify that value of our business. Next week and next week's show, we've got uh, a couple of different guests going to be joining us. The first one is the someone from the team at Funbox. Uh, I believe the CEO is going to be joining us. And Funbox is uh, an accounts receivable funding solution. Uh, I call it for a small transaction amounts. I think they go up to about $25,000 in funding. But they have a connectivity through QuickBooks and a number of other accounting software packages that makes the process of turning your accounts receivable into capital. Just a very simple, quick, online, painless experience. Also cost effective. And then we're going to have a a gentleman who's got, you know, 20 years of asset-based lending, accounts receivable lending experience joining us. And he's going to talk about a variety of different solutions right around using your receivables to generate working capital for your business. The next week we're going to have, I believe it's DealStruck coming up the following week. DealStruck has... Term loans, lines of credit for inventory, lines of credit for receivables. So they've got some great products. You're going to enjoy these upcoming episodes. I would ask and, and encourage you to please visit us at our Voice America website or at biz.capital.com and offer us your input on what you would like to see discussed in future shows. Your input's really important to me. I do take it seriously. I have gotten some great feedback, and I want to continue to enjoy that. I look forward to seeing you next week on Small Business Capital America on the Voice America Network. Until then, please keep thinking about your capital. Do you want to rent it, print it,
0: or both? Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune into Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Best wishes, and we'll talk again next week.